0: Hey everyone, before we start this week's episode, I want to remind you that La Mano Del Destino, the complete graphic novel by Jay Gonzo, is available for order right now through Top Cow and Image. All you got to do is go to your favorite comic book shop, call them, um, go to comicshoplocator.com, figure out where to get this, try to get it through a comic book shop. Um, It is the complete story, six full issues, 240 pages, it's on shelves, May 19th. And the final order cutoff is April 15th, so you got to get your ass to your store before April 15th. Let them know that you want to order La Mano del Destino, Jay Gonzo's Lucha Libre comic uh, graphic novel. It's fantastic. And uh, even better, you can give them the order code. It's MAR210103. That's MAR210103. Order that hotness. Support a local comic. Uh, local phoenix artists and support uh, indie comics and support a comic book shop while you're at it and buy it through them thanks and enjoy the episode All right, everybody, another week and another episode without Scott, who's still out this week on Deadline and Spring Break Responsibilities. But I do have something planned for you, something special, and I'm riding high after the Coyotes just put on a clinic against the Avalanche, so uh, suck on that one, Joe Sackick. Uh, you are listening to The Illustrious Gentleman. It's a podcast hosted by two comic book professionals who get together to talk about comics, work, beer, and beer and sometimes life who knows whatever comes up uh scott is currently working on superman for dc comics that'd be scott godleski my better half and i'm ryan cody and i'm coloring family tree at image comics and uh, you can visit tigshow.com for all your tig show merch needs and for links on where to follow us on social media and how to support the show by joining up as a patron or just buying us around it's all there at tigshow.com so Way back in 2016, in episode number five, Scott and I went through our Mount Rushmore of comic book artists. And the three guys I'm going to be talking about today were all mentioned in that episode. So on this week's episode, it's too many episodes. Uh, on this week's episode, though, I thought I'd steal a bit from the great cartoonist Cave Fabe YouTube videos. If you're not watching them, you should be checking it out. Um, and I thought I'd showcase a few of my all-time favorite guys, three of my favorite uh cartoonists, comic artists, illustrators, if you will. Um, This episode is probably best enjoyed by watching the YouTube version, but I'll do my best to make it enjoyable for our audio only contention as well. Uh, You can watch the YouTube video on our website, tigshow.com, T-I-G-S-H-O-W.com. And as I talk about these artists, I'll be sharing images of their work. So if possible, hop over to that YouTube version. But feel still feel free to uh, download or play the audio version as well, so we can get those uh, so we can get those numbers, those fat fat numbers. Um, so on today's show, I'm going to be sipping on a classic, Heilemann's old style, and uh, which makes sense because all these artists are classics in my book, and uh, none of the books I pulled these images from are even remotely new. So uh, if you're dying to look at comic book images that are at least six years old this is the show for you so let's go ahead and uh, for our video listeners let me uh, share screen I haven't done this before so all right and we should be there you should be able to see my first artist Mike Mignola Uh, if you're a Mignola fan and why shouldn't you be uh, give episode number 24 listen we did that one in 2017 Uh, And it's where we gush over Mike like a couple of, uh, you know, prepubescent fanboys. Uh, Scott and I both had him on our Mount Rushmore, as every comic book artist should. He's on the TIG show Mount Rushmore shirt that is available to our website. And uh, the only time I ever met Mike, I interrupted his lunch. Um, I gave him a copy of my very first trade paperback, a book called Villains. that came out through uh, Viper Comics probably back in 07 or 08. Um, And he gave me a sketchbook. So an incredibly nice gesture, considering how rude I'd been to interrupt his lunch and how bad the art in that trade paperback was. Uh, He was nothing but kind and uh, he he was very nice and it, it was a big moment for me. I'm sure it was a huge moment for Mr. Mignola. So as we go through these images, we're going to just talk about them a little bit. I'm going to tell you what I like about them. So first thing up, Hellboy volume three, the chain coffin and others. Uh, the, the trade paperback was released on August 5th, 1998, which is one day after my oldest son was born. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Um, all right. So here we go. These first few pages are from the corpse. Uh, and uh, they're by uh, colored by Matt Hollingsworth. So it was originally published as a two-page installments in uh, Capital City's Advanced Comics catalog. And then the entire story was later collected and uh, pages were added to it to fill it out. And it was in the one-shot Hellboy, The Corpse and the Iron Shoes, which I also own, as well as the graphic novel here. Um, this image of of Hellboy with the corpse on his, uh, tied to his back is super iconic. Um, I've personally done plenty of commissions with this look to it, I just colored one a couple of weeks ago for my uh, patron. Uh, Leonardo Romero did one that was very similar. Uh, it's just very iconic. And uh, any chance I get, if someone commissions me for a Hellboy sketch and they're not too specific about what they want, a lot of times I'll do this just because it's such a great look. Um, but yeah, like just look at uh, how good this is, how good these pages are, how good Mike's work is in this book. Um, you know, he was still. Scott and I talk a lot about our prime era of Mignola and this is definitely it this is like uh you know 95 96 97 late 90s Mignola which is just the sweet spot for me um yeah everything's great here the color palette is great um, just everything works you know the brickwork I love how he I love how he uh, he draws bricks and just makes them look good and not sloppy like if I tried that it would just look sloppy And it wouldn't make any sense, but it just works magically uh, when Mike does it. And uh, there's a panel here of the corpse pointing kind of off page. And it's just great. It's just framed beautifully. It's just, it's insanely nice. Uh, Yeah, it's corpse in the iron shoes. Uh, The corpse, it's a fun, fun short story. Um, Next up, we're going to move to the Wolves of St. August, which I think Scott has said he thinks might be one of his favorite one shots uh, ever in comics. Um, The color version was colored by James Sinclair. It was originally published in Dark Horse Presents number number 88 through 91 uh, in black and white. So I first read this story in black and white. It's collected in color. Um, I prefer the black and white version. I think this this particular story of the werewolves and, and the horror element and the big monster element really just works so well in black and white um you know mike mike is a is a master of, of that uh of you know of that simple line work the graphic the graphic line work the uh the heavy use of shadows and shape it's just great and it works perfectly in black and white uh it works fine here in color as well um it's just a great like monster fighting comic if you want to see a superhero which whatever hellboy's a superhero he has a costume, and he he fights monsters and he fights things he's a superhero um yeah this is it i mean the wolves of st august is a great story of him just fighting werewolves in an old church it's brilliant it's great uh the the fight scene in it is great everything just moves well uh no wasted lines no bullshit, like backgrounds like this kind of harkens back to like really cool 90s comics you know where like it was all about focusing on the action and he does that really really well here Minimal backgrounds, big fights, big booms, big punches—just, just wonderful, just great, great stuff. Uh, so yeah, make sure you check that out if you haven't already seen it. It's the third Hellboy paperback. Um, yeah, just fights and were- fighting werewolves and shit, man. All right, and then to wrap it up, we're gonna go with an insanely cool Mignola book. And it's X-Force number eight from March, 1992. It was inked by Bob Wyacek Wyacek, with colors by the booch, Steve Bucciolato. This book was, this was so when I was reading this comic, I would have been 15, 16, something like that. And I was all on board for Rob Liefeld, but even I could tell that he was, had one foot out the door at this point, you know, like, uh, Everything was image. Everything was young blood. Everything was like moving on. So, you know, I got this book and I was just, you know, hoping for more and more Rob Liefeld, you know, who doesn't love like Grizzly and Weapon X and Bob Bridges, which is George Bridge uh, and get some domino in here. It's great. Uh, It's like the six pack before, you know, I don't know. It's the six pack. It was named after the, you know, the mechanics in that movie with Kenny Rogers. But, uh, yeah, this is a great comic. And, uh, but I, when I first bought it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because that's not Rob Liefeld's art in the middle. Rob does a framing sequence in it, but really the middle, like 16, 15 pages are all Mike. And it's, it's just brilliant. I mean, if you look at like, uh, you know, if you look at the way he draws these characters that have outlandish designs, really, um, He still makes him look cool. Grizzly looks cool. Say what you will, but I mean, Mignola makes him look like a fourth world character, which I guess is what he was a ripoff of. But uh, he looks cool. Domino looks cool. Even Bridges, or Bridge, whatever his name is, he looks cool. Um, He's got a Kraken cable going on. It's just, it's all there. I mean, it's just so much fun to watch a style so differently than what you think of you know, when you're buying the book, like they, they, it's not like they went and got like, uh, uh, like Mark Pacella or, you know, somebody else to do this book. They got Mike Vignola, who style was 1000% the opposite swing of, of Liefeld. And it's just, it's great. I mean, I, like I see, uh, on this page we're looking at right now, there's like a, a big laser cannon shooting it. And I look at that and I'm like, I will never draw a laser cannon that good ever. And most people won't. I mean, there might be two people on the planet, three people on the planet that could draw it that well. Two of them are on my list that I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, But even the colors on this were really great for their time, like far and away better than, you know, soon after this, we went to heavy airbrush and and digital colors. But this is just still just solid, great color theory, like the shading and the highlighting on Grizzly, the, the blue with the pink laser popping off. It's just... It's super, super solid and just amazing stuff. Uh, Great domino, sexy domino. Not the only sexy domino we're going to see either. The heft of the characters. Everyone's got weight. You know, like there's, you know, when you see a drawing of Cable, he looks like a dude who probably weighs two tons, you know, and then you see him and he's not even the biggest guy, you know, on this team. It's just, everything is just, it's just great. It loses none of the excitement of, like, a Liefeld X-Force book um, with just, like, added shit. Like, when I saw this, I was like, oh, holy fuck. Like, yeah, there's dudes who could do this and not make it all scribbly and kind of, like, uh, trying to hide shit with Flash. Like, this is all substance. This is all meat, no gristle, you know? It's great. I mean, everyone looks solid in this. Again, the colors are just great. Um... I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much uh, how tight the pencils were, how much like why uh, uh, embellished on this and how much he added to it. But it's super clean, super great. Um, just look at that domino just giving you the just giving you the business, just great framing. I love it. I stole so much from this from probably this comic without even really knowing it. I probably stole so much, you know, before Hellboy really got into gear. Uh, before I could rip off shit from Hellboy, I was probably ripping off shit from this issue. Um, so, yeah. And, of course, he's got the cool shit like Body Slide by 1, Body Slide by 6. It's still the coolest shit in comics, bar none. All right. So, next up on my list of artists is um, someone I've talked about on this show all the time, ad nauseum, uh, Stuart Emanen first up we're going to talk about the all new all different x-men that he launched with uh, brian michael bendis wade von Bra- wade von graw badger on inks and Marte gracia on colors this book started coming out in january of 2013 and i said it a couple weeks ago on social media but i do think after reading a bunch of these because they're all on comiXology much of what I'm talking about today, you can pick up on Comicsology Unlimited. Read for free if you have your Amazon Prime account. Um, but yeah, I, I think I finally realized that this trio is probably my favorite um, X-Men art team. Which is saying a ton when you factor in like Jim Lee, Scott Williams, and Mark Sylvester, and Dan Green. Um, but yeah, there's just no denying how good how good he makes every character look and how well he handles so many characters and so many word balloons because this is a Bendis comic you know for sure so there's tons of word balloons Um, but yeah just just everything I mean the the coloring complements these pages you know so much um you know, he, he, I'm not a huge fan of kind of big two comic book coloring. I think it's all it's all kind of flash. It's all kind of highlights. And you know, it's all highlights, not a lot of shadows. It's all bright in your face, uh, overly rendered. Um, but something about Marte Grassi's work here, and, and now, you know, in, when he colors Pepe Loraz and just any other book that he colors, it, everything pops perfectly without being overdone uh, i can't uh i can't explain it much better than that other than it's just it everything works and and the, this trio works so well together it's you know it's just it's insane nothing is overdone nothing is too much everything is just just in its right place um i mean the heft that he gives these characters very similar to what i was talking about with Mignola. Uh, a minute ago, the heft that he gives these characters, these monstrous characters, and then puts them side by side with like a super skinny, like old school Iceman or super skinny old school Cyclops. You know, it 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 works, it really works. Um, yeah, just, it, it, I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, just, the it's a team book, every page has, I'm looking at a panel right now for those that are watching the video, it's got every panel has minimum of like two, three characters on it and everyone, no one gets short shrift. Everyone looks great. Every, you know, every pose is dynamic. You know, everything is just, it's so well crafted. It's so well done. I mean, he makes Iceman look cool and Iceman sucks. You know, especially well. I don't know who's which sucks worse, old Iceman where he's just like a snowman, or new Iceman where he's like ice monster demon guy, which is also dumb. I mean, not let's not even talk about like uh, Ultimate X Men Iceman with the bandana and the cargo shorts. It's just Iceman. I don't understand how this character is stuck around for as long as he has. He he offers nothing to comics. Um, but even here, Stuart Imminent makes him look fantastic. Uh, just amazing work all around Um, I pulled some pages from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy when they did a crossover kind of a Phoenix saga crossover with the X-Men you know he draws that team great everything he draws is great you know it's it, it makes no sense and and Angela here, uh, the character Angela never looked better. Apologies to Greg Capulio, because when I bought that that Angela miniseries when I was, like, 20, I was like, oh, shit, this is something. And uh, it, it just, uh, Stuart even just uh, makes her look a thousand times uh, more impressive. And, uh, yeah, it's just great gestural drawings, great, you know, almost, like, animated Animated, it's like you're catching every panel in the middle of a cell, or like in the middle of a movie. It's like a frame. It's drawn so well. Nothing static. Nothing's boring. Um, everything just has dynamic energy, kind of jammed into every single panel. It's an it's 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 crazy. I could look at this all day, all day. So now we're gonna take a minute get in the car, get in the DeLorean, go back a little bit to where I first fell in love with Stu. And that was Next Wave, Agents of Hate. So, um, you know, I had, I had uh, read some of our, you know, this is where I first started paying attention to Stuart's work. You know, I had read Shock Rockets. I remember I got it from a library when I was in Phoenix in like the, I don't know, 2005, 2006. And uh, I was reading it and you know i i I really remember like reading it on the toilet one day and just thinking like oh this book is kind of cool but the art is just not for me it was like uh this figure work was softer more mainstream more like uh more easy to digest but also easy to overlook and easy to not sit there and like you know really marvel at or really study uh, a lot less exciting and then all of a sudden uh, next wave agents of hate came out in March of 2006. Uh, again, Wade von Graubadger on inks and Dave McCaig on colors. And, um, sorry, I lost my place there. I'm trying to do two different things. I need to hire a producer. So yeah, I have the complete collection. It's also, I believe uh, maybe it's not, maybe it is on uh comiXology unlimited right now. I can't be sure. But, uh, yeah, just everything in this book works as well It's it's got the coloring style that i like dave mckay does coloring that i like kind of the same similar style coloring i do you get a you get really interesting color choices and then you put in your shadows and then you put in some highlights and boom you got it uh it's all done and it's all done really well and um yeah th- this book like almost like shouted to me when i first saw it i was like this is like nothing that i'm reading right now this is so new and energetic and gestural, like I mentioned a minute ago, and just sort of like, just dynamic and shape-based and graphic, you know, graphically designed rather than just be like, just boring-ass shit. So Next Wave was a, was a whole thing. I mean, it was just a whole thing. You got Elsa Blood Moon, like, like destroying a Jeep with a guitar, you know, fighting robots. You have uh just... Just amazing, amazing panels, amazing work, just great cartooning, which I hadn't seen from Stuart up to this point. Uh, again, I hadn't been following everything he had done. Maybe he did work before this that was like this. But to me, this was like a sea change in his work, and especially in, in my notice of his work. And um, for anyone watching the video, there's some great panel here that's colored. Uh, the middle panel here where Dave... Uh, made Elsa and the guitar like a blue so that you would look past her and then focus on the dude that she just stabbed at the neck of a guitar. Just brilliant uh, color design, brilliant everything. And then maybe the most important aspect of uh, Next Wave was uh, he made Boom Boom cool. And it, I mean, she basically throws little time bombs out of her fingers, and her name is Boom Boom. And all of a sudden you give her a flight belt and she's rad as fuck. So, shout out to Stuart for being able to do that. Just, I'll never be able to draw hands as good as Stuart Even Look at that shit. It's just, it's just so good. Swing by, pick it up. Next Wave, Agents of Hate. It's great. Uh, You should pick it up now if you're a WandaVision fan and you've just been watching WandaVision and never heard of this book. It's got uh, Monica Rambeau in it. I think she's called Photon in this, or maybe Spectrum. I can't. Maybe they just call her Monica. I can't remember at this point. But uh, yeah, just classic. Widely regarded, I think, among um, comic creators and comic artists as uh, seminal work of the last like 20 years, for sure. Um, but now I'm going to move on to my favorite work of Stewart's and that is uh, Russian olive to red King, which uh, um, was not on comiXology unlimited and was not, uh, I couldn't find like a lot of artwork from it posted using my Google search. So uh, I just took some photos with my cell phone. So the next couple images, if you're watching the YouTube video, are going to look a little shitty, but what are you going to do? I have a six year old cell phone to go with the, Six-year-old Russian olive, to Red King, came out through Adhouse Books in a hardcover format in July of two thousand fifteen. So I picked up this copy um, directly from Catherine and Stuart at HeroesCon that year. I knew them a bit because they came out to a show that I that I organized, Arizona Comic Mini Expo. I think it was in two thousand thirteen or two thousand fourteen. They came out. So, anyways, like uh, they had a long line. Because, you know, of course, there's the, that a long line. But I was kind of a dick. I kind of slipped in behind the booths, you know, and I kind of just walked up to to Catherine. I said hi to her. I skipped the line, said hi to her, and told her that I planned to pick up a copy later. So just don't sell out. Like, I didn't know how many they had. I said, look, I'll be over, um, you know, later in the day or later in the weekend. I definitely want a copy, you know, so please don't sell out. And, uh, you know, and then a couple hours later, she's brought it over to my table for me. Like it was like a princess moment, you know. She's hand delivered this book to me, um, you know. And she was she was signing them, and I think she's writing poems. She's writing poetry in, in the uh, in the inset, and Stuart drew like a dog. Uh, just great, just great, great moment. Just super nice. Um, just they're, they're the best people. They're the best people. I mean, they're Canadians. What are you going to do? They're just awesome people. Um, I'll never, if if my comics career died tomorrow, a highlight of it would be having them out here to, in Arizona for that show and going to drinks with them afterwards and just shooting the shit. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful, beautiful night, great night. Um, but yeah, on this book, Russian Olive Red King, I, I don't know how many of you have heard of it or seen it. But uh, yeah, they did everything. I mean, uh, Catherine wrote it and then Stuart did everything else, you know, so he inked and colored himself here. Um, It's far and away my favorite book. I mean, his coloring work is outstanding. His, his understanding of his understanding of mood and lighting and pacing um, just really blew me away. When I first looked at this book, I was like, holy shit. Like who knew that this guy who is such an amazing artist uh, and so good at his craft is also a brilliant anchor a brilliant colorist and just a flat out solid uh, he he could be a he could be a top-notch illustrator if it if he, that's what he wanted to do was just illustrations i'm sure he'd be super high in demand and uh i just can't get over how good this book is how good it looks the paper stock it's got like a like a rough card stock almost uh just everything about it is just just great, great stuff. Um, it's almost like a minimalist approach, especially considering most of his big two superhero work. But yeah, I can't re- recommend it enough. It is just so insanely good. The art's great, the cartooning. Again, he's pushing his cartooning even more in this. Um, it's just super. Can't recommend it enough. And then uh, if you're watching the video, just this last panel that's on the screen right now, like the the lighting of that panel. It is so cinematic. It, it shows such an understanding of, uh, of like where to direct the reader's eyes and how to, you know, how to tell a story and how to tell a story with, with color, almost in art Cause there's not really much, uh, there's not really much, uh, word balloons on this, on this page. Um, that, that last panel right there of the open fridge with the light shining on the kitchen floor is one of my favorite panels in comic book history. It's so good. I can't recommend this book enough. I don't know if it's still in print. I don't know where you'd be able to find a copy, but uh, you should definitely track it down if you're a fan of comic book art because uh, this really is like a master class. This is him doing exactly what he wants uh, every step of the way. It's beautiful. All right. We're down to our last artist. So if you're only listening to this and you're like, this episode sucks because I don't know what he's talking about. Well, we got one more artist to go. Oh, Chicago Zone. Um, sorry, I was referring to the beer there when I said Chicago Zone. Um, so my next artist is uh, probably my f- uh, definitely one of my favorite artists. It's hard to it's hard to categorize these dudes, but he's right up there. And it's uh, Corey Walker. So um, the cover that's being shown right now, this Punisher War Journal cover, is Errol Olivetti. Um, obviously not Cory Walker, but he, he draws the inside here. Um, but yeah, so I've loved Corey's work for years and, uh, I was thrilled cause he, I was also have, able to have him at a couple of the Arizona comic mini expos. He used to live in Arizona. So I've been able to kind of not hang out with him, but be around him in like, you know, like a signing setting. And I've been able to see him sketch and chat with him a bit. Uh, I saw him, uh. Well, there's a funny story of when we went to lunch with Eric Larson. Um, but that's not a story to tell. And uh, not that it's not a story to tell. It's just, it's it's who cares? Um, but yeah, so be sure to check out, uh, as we're talking about this, check out the Invincible cartoon on Amazon Prime just came out. Uh, I'm a big fan of Corey's later Invincible work. Uh, and his early stuff in Invincible is really interesting, too, because you can see like a guy grow immensely over a handful of issues. Uh, but I didn't pull any Invincible stuff for these examples because uh, it was not on Comixology Unlimited and I did not feel like digging through my long boxes and taking cell phone photos um, for this video. So I pulled some other Corey stuff that I really enjoy. First of all is this Punisher War Journal um, issue written by Matt Fraction, colored by Dave Stewart, penciled and inked by... Corey Walker came out in June, 2008, Punisher Journal number 13. Uh, this first page is, is uh, anyone who knows the issue or if you pick up the issue, uh, there's a, there's a great page in here. It's one of the best storytelling pages of all time. Excuse me. So, um, let me set the stage for you. There's a van. The back of the van is like super like pinned down and, and kind of like almost to the floor at the back of the van and then uh it's like that for a couple it's like that for a couple panels it it does that that great uh cory walker uh ryan kirkman gag where they reuse the panels but this one's a little different because it shows time passing there's people walking by cars driving by that sort of thing and then uh all of a sudden uh the rhino bursts out of uh the back of the van and uh from behind rhino we can see the van now bounces off the ground so it was pinned to the ground because of the weight of the rhino and as soon as he jumps out it kind of bounces bounces up and it's such great i mean it's such insanely great storytelling and such a genius kind of move like it's, it's not something that like uh it's not something i would have thought about you know it it, it really is uh it really is a sign of a great cartoonist to be able to pull something like that off And uh, he draws a great Punisher with like a slick back hairdo. I was doing commissions with the slick back hairdo Punisher for a while after this issue came out. It's just, it's just great. Dave Stewart, obviously master colorist really doing great work here on Corey's stuff. Um, Just a super, super fun issue. It's got Spider-Man in the black costume. Uh, Like I said, the Punisher, classic, classic Punisher, Spider-Man, black costume, a gigantic rhino um getting beat up all around it's got craven the the hunter in it um just really good issue all the way around there's like a two-page interlude in the middle of it featuring domino like earlier i mentioned it's not the last it's not the last sexy domino we're going to see on this show just great great work here i mean just again he's one of those dudes that seems to be able to draw everyone really really well um and he, he tends to draw great Liefeld characters. I think that's, you know, I think Corey might be a little bit younger than me. Or shit, maybe considerably younger than me. I don't know. But he does have a love, I think. And maybe it's through Kirkman or what. But he has a love for these Liefeld-esque characters. Like Domino, Cable, Shatterstar. Um, you know, I would love, I would love for a miniseries. I would love for Marvel to hire him to do a miniseries drawing the original X-Force squad. Fucking Farrell, Richter. Just the whole gang, Warpath, do it. Um, just pay him whatever the fuck it costs. Just And it's just great. If you Google uh, Corey stuff, you'll see a lot of awesome doodle, doodles of Cable, Shatterstar, Domino, stuff like that. Um, he also went on a kick where he designed like a million Supergirl costumes that were all absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, here you just have great movement. Uh, it's a, such a great version of Domino in this book. It's only in it for two pages, I think, but you really get a sense that... Um, he'd be great on a book like this, just, just, uh, stellar. So yeah, I would love for, I would love for them to do this kind of book. Um, so now we're moving on to a couple examples of destroyer max, which was a mini series that, uh, when Marvel had their max line, uh, they did a destroyer book, uh, him and Robert Kirkman, and it's colored by Val staples and, um, it's essentially an invincible story using the destroyer character um and this uh the series also had uh covers by jason pearson so it's just a really fun kind of action comic you know you know militants monsters that kind of shit. It, it, it's it's fun it's just a fun book good read uh i would love to see this not that i don't love not not that i don't think val stables did a great job but i think this book would be great in like black and white, like a gritty black and white kind of thing. I don't know how well th- these super bright colors, uh, uh, have aged on this book, but still super cool. I love it. I have the trade. It's uh it's a great looking book. Um, and then we're going to go into another one shot that Corey did featuring cable and it's Marvel team up number 19 with, uh, Cliff Rathburn on inks and Bill Crabtree on colors. Uh, this is from June of 2006, and again, it's got a Corey Walker cable to die for. Just, just look. I mean, look. Just if you're watching the video, just look at this image. It might be a, an almost perfect version of cable. It owes a lot to Magnolia. He was kind of channeling a lot of Magnolia here, but uh, it's a perfect kind of loose sister book to that Mignola X Force issue I talked about earlier um there are very few images floating around online but this is an issue i highly recommend i mean it's got wolverine in it um jubilee nick fury they go up against the mandarin it's so good uh if i remember correctly like wolverine gets like burnt to a crisp and so his face is like half hanging off for part of the up for part of the issue um i might have to just i mean i have this floppy but i might just have to buy this on comiXology just so i can look at it and gush over it it's so good um I mean, this is my cable. You take your young cable and you kick rocks. Shove them up your ass. This is what cable should be. Old, angry, and armed to the teeth. I mean, it's just beautiful. Um, And then in these pages, he kind of ties right into that uh, Magnolia X-Force 8 issue. Uh, Just super, super stellar work. Really, really great stuff here. And then finally... We're going to move on to one of my favorite things Corey's done, and that's Science Dog at Image with uh, Robert Kirkman, uh, Dave Stewart on colors. Uh, this is another one where I couldn't find any images online, and it wasn't on Comicsology Unlimited. So again, I took photos with my, you know, my jazzy Samsung from uh, 1992 um but yeah science dog is obviously a comic within a comic it's a character in the invincible universe that's a comic book uh that uh that mark reads uh, but there's a hard cover out it's probably about 40 pages maybe 48 pages a little bit oversized and it's just great it's cory being cory dave stewart on colors there's another colors listed uh, i can't at uh chris truckery i can't uh I wasn't able, when my, when my quick flip through today, decide who colored what, but this looks like Dave Stewart to me. Uh, but, yeah, just look at the – I mean, just look at these these panels. They're so great. Um, just, you know, Science Dog is so much fun. It's just a fun book. It's a fun book. You know, it's got mechs. It's got monsters, time travel, aliens, dimension hopping, a, a sexy redhead, you know, that Corey draws so well. Uh, what's not to absolutely love about this book, you know, it's just great. It's just nothing but fun. And I really like the textures, the colors here Add a texture you don't really see in Corey's work. Um, it's usually colored more flat, more like I tend to color. Uh, but there's a lot of textures and a lot of nuance here in the colors that I think work really well. And so uh, yeah, I just he's such a it's a fun character. Uh, by one of my favorite artists. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, like um, Corey uh, drew for me one year. Uh, um, he drew the the character of of the Arizona Comic Mini Expo, and I colored it, and I used it for years on all of our promotional stuff because it's just so good. It's so it's it's just so perfect. And then, and of course, Corey is a guy who's like, "Oh, sorry, I rushed it. I wish I could have done a better job." And it's it's absolutely brilliant. So. Yeah. And there you go. Um, you got, uh, Corey Walker, Mike Mignola and Stuart Eamon. Great guys. All these books can be picked up on Comixology Unlimited. I'll throw links up to what I was talking about on, um, on uh tick That's our website. Sorry. I'm a little tired. So late for me. Um, and I'm really struggling without my partner here to, to help me out, you know, every time I take a drink, it's just gonna be silence <sighs> But Yeah, thanks for sticking around again check out uh, You know watch this video on our YouTube channel You can get a link there from TigShow.com or you know, you can always uh, go to the YouTube search the illustrious gentleman And while you're there check out the cartoons kayfabe videos because they do this a lot better than I do they're, they're true fans of comic art, and they have a much larger knowledge base than I do. And uh, there's not one of them trying to carry the whole show either. So, you know, it's not just uh, one dipshit in a camera. So, yeah, check them all out. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.